1: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 414 Uh, I just got back from the Breaking slash Talking Bad finales And I won't say anything I promise I won't say anything Especially, you you know, because you may not have seen it yet You should have, but maybe you didn't But um, all I will say is Spoiler alert, RJ has breakfast. <laughs> Shut up, he does not have breakfast. He does not have breakfast. She's not spoiling anything. Always I mean, has yes, I know. Okay, so in our hearts, he'll Spoiler always.
3: Spoiler alert, he stops having
1: breakfast. <laughs> he doesn't stop having Twist. breakfast. I don't. There's no.
3: Go back to your address.
1: <laughs> I, I will.
3: Okay.
1: There's no. Listen, don't listen to Skydart. She's editing a video, she's very loopy, and. She doesn't even know what she's saying at this Maybe point. I
2: have had breakfast.
1: Are you on meth? Are you on meth?
2: Breakfast, meth.
1: Oh my god. Meth is not just for breakfast anymore. No. That is a common mistake. It's an any-time-of-day snack now. Yeah. But uh, if you did watch Talking Bad, thank you so much. And I hope that uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope that uh, I didn't sully the Breaking Bad experience for you. It was an honor to do it. And tonally, it was a lot different for me than Talking Dead. And, and even to be tangentially... Um, Uh, associated with Breaking Bad was a tremendous honor. So thanks if you watched it. And now uh, two weeks until Talking Dead and Walking Dead. And then uh, October 21st at midnight on Comedy Central. So that's where I'll be next on the television. That's a thing that looks like the internet, but it's bigger and you don't have control over it. Um, I would like to thank Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, Stamps.com is, I mean, I blab about this all the time. Because I want you guys to lead happy, fulfilling lives, not having to do menial tasks like go to the post office. So Stamps.com will help you print out the exact postage that you need. They will send you a digital scale, which will calculate the exact, exact postage that you need. Uh, And then you can just slap it on the package or letter or whatever the parcel or mail piece is. And then your mail carrier will pick it up and you should thank them. You will never waste time going to the post office again. You're not going to waste money uh, either leasing an expensive postage meter or waste money on stamps, postage that you're not going to use. Right now and always, there is a promo code NERDIST, Remember it. You probably do, unless you skip over this part, which I hope you don't. Uh, it's a no-risk trial, $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale up to $55 of free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in NERDIST. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. Do not mail meth to people. Do not mail meth to people. This episode of the podcast is Mike Massimino, who is. A friggin' astronaut and an engineer, and he's been to space! He repaired the Hubble telescope! I mean, Mike seems like a regular guy, but the fact is he is not a regular guy. He's an exceptionally smart individual who happens to just be relatable and fun, which is probably why you may have heard him on uh, a number of episodes of Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson another guy who's incredibly smart but completely relatable so I would uh, I would put Mike Massimino into that bin were right to categorize him and uh, we had an absolute blast and I uh, blast rocket blast off huh Chloe what rocket blast yeah yeah rocket blast
3: Rock
1: oh editing. go back to your meth jokes <laughs> <laughs> the podcast number 414 with Mike Massimino Mike Met-
2: Massimino
1: not Mike Methamino. Mike oh, Massamino. i got
2: excited.
1: He understands mathematics, you understand mathematics.
2: I'm glad you added that in. Shut up. Minute.
1: No, I just said it.
2: Really? That's, I love that you paused for like a minute. You're like, hold on, I gotta add this to the intro. It was worth it. Is it really? No. No, I didn't think so. Now entering Nerdist.com
0: At the uh, tweet up for The Last Shuttle Launch, uh, Mike got to uh, do a Q&A with Elmo.
4: But it's kind of, we're talking to the guy, you know, because you, you're, you're talking to the puppet. Right. Little Elmo's there. Very cute, you yeah, know. Yeah, of course. And, you know, but, and you can hear kind of on the loudspeaker sort of, El, but you also can, the guy's close enough to the puppet <laughs> that you can also his, hear his hear his voice. Right, so it was kind of strange because I can hear his voice coming from the side, and it's... so after a while I stopped looking at. It. I said, no one's gonna know what I'm really looking at. Yeah. I can, you know, change my gaze a few, yeah. inch, my gaze a few inches. So I stopped looking at Elmo. Everyone, and just looked at the guy. <laughs> i was just talking to the dude. You know, the dude's up there, and he's. I don't know. Sometimes he look at me, and I was like, well, you know, those are not like tracking my eye movements. They're not gonna know. <laughs> So I stopped looking at the puppet and I talked to the guy. So,
1: <laughs> it's not amazing. a puppet; it's a person.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh! Should the kids listen to this? Oh, you kids ruined it for me. Away. No,
1: you ruined it for me. Oh, Mike, kids, it was Elmo's <laughs> friend. <laughs> um... and the guy it ruined, Elmo. Uh, it's good to see you, Mike. What well, are you? Likewise. So what do you? So you're in town promoting something because you're doing a crazy junket day. Gravity. Yeah. Oh, you're promoting Gravity. Gravity. Yeah. Were you a consul- were you a consultant on Gravity? No, he no. wasn't. We already covered this, Chris. No, he wasn't. I was
4: <laughs> <laughs> not a consultant yeah, I'm sorry. on it. Late to the party. But I would like to think that George Clooney uh, bases <laughs> performance. On uh, on my personality. This is what Massimo would have done. <laughs> and I'm trying to get I'm trying to get that message to Does my wife. To, doesn't believe me. Are there strip bolts in the movie? He's got to rip a panel off. No, no, there's <laughs> not. Well, they
1: have some other issues.
4: <laughs> we had not. a fair. On our, you know, my worst day in space would have been a would have been a real easy day for these poor people. They uh. They have a tough day up What
1: there. was your worst day in space?
4: My worst day in space? Well, I, don't, I never really had a bad day in space, Chris, but we had problems to figure out. Sure. Uh, Hubble problems? It's, it's, it's going to seem meaningless compared to what you'll see on the screen. Yes, we had problems with, with Hubble where it had a, uh, a handrail in a way that yeah. I had to rip off. You had to rip it, it, it apart t- the Hubble I had to rip space. it apart because we had to get behind this handrail to do a repair, and there was no other way to do it, and we didn't figure that out for about an hour and a half. The most simple solution. It's pretty amazing.
1: I, no, I understand that you have a lot of training. Uh, yes. How do you not shit your spacesuit when you're just hovering above the Earth? Well, there's and, something to catch the. Sh- no, I understand. <laughs> 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 how are you? I mean, to me,
4: there's a, there's a big incentive not to do that. <laughs> no, yes, of course, of
1: course. It's not like oh, I wish I could go and do, no. But I really do believe that, uh, and and it, like I I I think you know that. There are a lot of different ways that you can categorize people, but one way is spacewalker, like people that will go into space and people that would not go into space. I, uh, I, wait, wait, wait. I I think I would be almost a little too claustrophobic to be able to handle just being sort mm-hmm. of isolated yeah. and kind well, of. Looking.
0: Don't worry, you'll figure that out on the ground. <laughs> we'll no, throw you in the pool in Houston. You'll have a good time. No
1: one's gonna, no one's gonna send me into space. <laughs> it's it's like watching the right stuff when they're doing the when they're doing the trials. And yeah. like the one guy's freaking out because he's in isolation and oh, Dennis Quaid's yeah. Just reading the third the hour yeah, hour yeah, hour. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, one of my f- my favorite movie. It's a fun. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, so what? I mean, did, did you? W- was did you have to train to be able to handle isolation? The idea of like, bowel movements. Bowel movements. Yeah. But the idea of, of of a human being just like almost the existential crisis of I am I am above the place where I am I live and like I'm existing outside of my normal. Uh, habitat. Right. That's not is that is that mind bendy or were you, are you just naturally well, yeah, kind of a low key cool guy? I, I you know I, I I
4: I don't like heights. For example, I don't like looking over the you know the balcony yeah. from a few <laughs> floors. I don't like that. I don't I don't get it. But up in space it's so cool. So the, constantly the view... falling at 17,000 miles an hour not a problem. No, because uh <laughs> I and you know it, it's just that the view when you see the planet from up there, it's you don't feel like you're Really yeah. hovering over it. Even in an air- I mean, I'm fine in airplanes too and all that, but but it's uh it's it's just an incredible experience. That all that other crap, all your worry you just kind of get stomped on by holy cow, what am I looking at? Do you and that that just that pure uh ecstasy of seeing that stuff, it just rules out any other fear of so the So there there is the concept heard. of space euphoria. Yes, where you go out there and you
0: don't want. To there come is a constant.
4: Did there's... you just make it up? No, no, no. It's, I it's, think he it's, just it's, made
0: it up. It's 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 psychological studies they've done. Oh, this. Okay, and that's what that was what happened with Ed White. He didn't want to come back in on the first oh. on the first uh, in Gemini Space when walk? he got out. Uh huh. It took him. They asked him to come in, and it took them twenty minutes to get him to come in oh. to Gemini because there's just this experience of like, like you can hear it too on the tapes. He says, "I feel like a million bucks." And yeah. He's out there and he just didn't want to come in. Yeah. And then when he's getting in, he says. This is the saddest moment of my life. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah,
4: see, they gave him the treat, and
1: then (laughs) they took it away. That's the problem. I mean, it it is pretty interesting to think that there are only a handful of people out of billions that will ever really have what you have in your brain. That will will yeah. only ever have the actual view, right. you know, not a satellite image anything, but actually yeah. have that view and that experience of being up there and right. looking down. I it's, mean, we're very lucky. Very in, lucky. At least until privatized space travel. Yeah, yeah, and are, a, yeah, wait around a couple months, and then it'll be a dime a But for now, dozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty incredible.
4: No, I'm very very lucky, and and to get to spacewalk and see it. So you're not looking through a window; you're looking through the visor, and you can see the Earth in its entirety from the altitude of Hubble. Hubble's at three hundred fifty miles, so hundred miles higher than the station so we get a bigger view of the planet we can see the curvature we see it as a gigantic yeah planet in our. you know it takes up our field of view but we get that perspective and yeah and we're v- very very fortunate to have gotten a chance to see it it's crazy and you know you want to be more grateful that you've seen it than i can't see it you know? right yeah i may yeah. Not see it again you know? yeah. so, so uh you know I, I was i was happy to come inside and a little bit sad that i can't couldn't see it, but very very happy that I had a chance to experience it.
1: Well, you know, Matt is. The, I I don't know if there's a bigger NASA nerd than Matt Myra. Yeah, right? really, right here, yeah, Matt. I'm right up there. Yeah, congratulations, thank you so much.
0: Who's your favorite Apollo era astronaut? Let's figure this out.
4: I oh, gee, I really I've gotten a chance to meet a lot of them. You yeah. know, when I was there's a little, only one
0: answer to this. I'm just to figure
4: out. No. Okay, well, my favorite. I guess I know him the best is Alan Bean. I've oh, become Alan's friends with a good Alan guy. Bean. So he lives in Houston, and, and uh, we've become friends. He, he's a Do you terrific have any of his painters? guy. His paintings, paintings, his paintings. No, now. I can't afford any of his paintings. <laughs> but I did fly. I flew for him one of his paintings. It kind of reminds me of the thing you got hanging on your wall yeah, with your yeah. three, three buddies there. He has something called he calls fantasy, where it's he and uh, Pete Conrad were on a moon together, and their good friend. Jeez, uh, what's it was? Uh, I think it was. P, uh, Dick Gordon was mm-hmm. the was the pilot who didn't get to go on the moon with them. Right, but they were really tight. They were three good friends, and so he painted the three of them on the moon together, and that was his Aww. wish that the three of them could be together. So I really liked that concept. And uh, and w- before I flew my my uh, my most recent flight, I went to visit Alan. I said, I want to I want to take something for you, and, he, and I said I can you know put something in my in my my notebook for you. That I, and, and he said, well, you know, he wanted to you know, wanted to, he would like that. That image, that was the one I had in mind. So, so I took a print out of that, and, and uh, it was just a print out. Oh, not, great. A, not a real, not yeah, a real. Yeah. Well, that's too thing. Big. But he's a cool dude. Down's yeah. a great guy, and uh, but I've got to, been very lucky to meet Neil Armstrong yeah. and Jim Lovell, and. Conrad Charlie. Mike Collins. Duke. You ever meet Mike I met Collins? Mike Collins, yeah. Uh, he's I my like, favorite. He was my favorite when I was a little boy because he had the same first name as me. Oh, uh, okay. So that that was my rationale back then. But they're all really cool dudes, all of them. They are.
1: What do you like? Why, why do you like Mike Collins the Because him? whenever
4: you see him interviewed,
0: he just seems the most normal. Like, he's like, meh, we went up. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very, he's
3: very blase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's just yeah. like, yeah. you know,
0: people ask, How, how'd you feel being the furthest away from. All of humanity. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: well, I was
0: had
1: to be had to be somewhere. Yeah. I mean, someone yeah, had to yeah. be up there. <laughs> someone had to catch him. I will yeah. always be fascinated by that kind of a brain, where someone could just be like, yeah, yeah, that's
3: yeah. yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. The ultimate, the ultimate, it's, the it's, ultimate yeah. cool
1: fighter test pilot. Game. Yeah, it's some yeah. of the it's the military training
0: you got
4: yeah. And then the, uh, my my other favorite would be John Young. I think John like, Young's a cool guy. He yeah. flew. I got yeah. everything. I, I I knew I was going to leave out somebody. Not that yeah. they. Would really care what I thought, but yeah, they've been to the moon. But moment. John Young, yeah, John was a, But I got to know him very well because he was still an active astronaut when I joined in 1996. It's insane. He was in his 60s. He was still flying a T-38. So here's my boyhood hero, and now I'm working with him. And he was a front seat pilot. So the T-38, yeah. our jet, our training jet, was a front and back airplane. And I said, you know, anytime you need someone to go with you somewhere, let me know. And he, he, and I, he was like, okay. And he would let me know, so I got to fly to the Cape, you know Cape Canal. Yeah, with sure. Him and to, to California with him and ask him questions. You ever drive on John Young Parkway with him in Florida? No, I've never done <laughs> that. I've driven by. I've driven by John Young Parkway. But he's yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. So he's you a great s- guy.
1: You started at Johnson Space Center, right? I did. Yeah, that's where we That's the- it. The, uh, I've, I've been to Johnson Space Center, but I didn't... I I failed to You
4: visited? Take... You didn't tell me?
1: Well, this was ages I this, ago. I get this crap from my world. You were here and you didn't tell me? That's this, why... This, <laughs> was, like, this right. was like seven years All ago. All right, okay. this was now before, would, this was before. Now you would tell me. Yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. yeah no, I, right. Now I would absolutely All tell right. you if I want to go down there, because what, we, we didn't... I didn't actually have time to take the tour of the grounds. We just saw the main... Like, you just go in. Yeah. And it's really... A lot of it's... Like, there's the... You know, a, like a cross-section of the shuttle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but a lot of it really is sort of like a jungle gym. It like, is. Playground, kids. yeah, sort I of know. a playground. playground. I was like, oh man, I, you know, I I thought there was going to be you know some spacier things there. and they said, well, you have to take the tour of the grounds. You have to see the launch uh, yeah. pad, and you have to see the you have to see everything. Yeah, I've never been, so uh but it's it's cool. I really well, we'll go. Like I'm sure we'll play Houston sometime. And yeah, we'll, you should. We'll, we'll yeah. go down there. Sounds Let me know. Yeah, I would if you want, do you we get a special, to. A special snazzy tour? You betcha! I'll take care of you. How tall are you? That's my question. I'm
4: six foot three. Are
1: you like the
0: tallest astronaut?
4: There's a uh, one guy. My my uh, my buddy, good friend, Commander uh, uh, Scott Altman, is a little bit taller than I am. But wow. six foot four is the limit, so they're not going to be any uh. much bigger than him. CO2, oh, yeah. They,
1: they're usually tiny. You have guys. to cram into it, yeah. Because yeah. you have to cram into you a
4: tiny it. A capsule. Small, yeah, you got to get into small, small, small spaces. So, yeah, that's where they they cut the limit off. But before that, the Apollo guys and the original astronauts yeah. were shorter b- based on the size of the capsule they were flying in. Yeah, based on their spacecraft size. So the shuttle opened up the window uh, to to larger and smaller people. It, it opened uh, the envelope up. Not me.
0: Why not? That's me over there, astronaut, right there. That's you?
3: <laughs> yeah, but you can you know,
4: it just you get you whipped into shape. Just you know, uh What's the weight limit? That's that. my question. I think I'd, I'd I think for the uh I don't really know if there was with the shuttle with uh I think the weight limit's like two hundred and twelve for the uh for the Soyuz though. All right, I can do that, I think.
1: You think you can do two twelve? Yeah, it's
0: like you get down seventy to more pounds, sixty more pounds. I can do
4: that. Yeah, it'd be good yeah. for you. Yeah. Just don't lose your personality Get down to your Soyuz
1: weight Yeah
3: that's it (laughs) Put the the line on the scale Isn't that terrifying
4: though That like
0: That's what we're using now The the Apollo era (laughs) Russian version the Soyuz It's been upgraded (laughs) a few times But it's been
4: around a long time Have you been to Star City? It works I have not I'm like Both of my flights Were to the Hubble Space Telescope Yeah so I have never right, been. I know. have never been there. I think I'm like the only astronaut that has never been there. We should go there. sometime. Me and you. I'll go. We'll Let's go. go. I want
1: to sure. go to Star City. I can't promise a good tour
4: there. <laughs> I don't, I'm not there, but I'm sure we can arrange
1: something. So what? Uh, uh, I've seen you. Uh, well, I saw you on Star Talk when the video version, like when okay. Neil did Star Talk, and, yeah. her, and, her, and heard you on Star Talk too. And uh, and you, you know, it's I don't know. You have a real kind of like net, like a I'm a kind of a regular guy vibe to you. But Coming from you, I'm very flattered. No, no, <laughs> but seriously, because you, because you, like, you know, if, if I just met you at a party, I go, that guy's really nice. What does he do? He's an astronaut, an engineer, a pilot. <laughs> like, oh my god, really? That's
0: why Mike is my favorite shuttle era astronaut. That's true. You are really, yeah.
1: You're making again, a, I'm, in interviews, I, I find I'm, you not, to I'm the, be the, the only most guy sure. you know. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Last year, uh, you stopped by my birthday. Oh, party. it was the best! So much fun! That's <laughs> great. You stopped by my birthday party. Were you there, Matt? No, it was fantastic. All right, that's another story. And so I <laughs> said, that was a blast. I what sent, a party! Yeah, I sent oh, Matt fuck. a picture because uh, you you uh, Bobak ba- uh, came and you yeah and you yeah, came and, yeah yeah and uh, and so I sent Matt a picture because
0: you, you you were out of town. No, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Where the were worst you? reason to miss meeting Mike of all time. I had hosted attack of the show that day uh, on G4 and we decided to microwave beef.
1: <laughs> oh, you were sick. You had you were you had food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I do too. And so I had to send I, That's sent, pretty you, bad. A, I anyway, sent you I sent wanna... idea too. I sent you might you ate microwaved beef. We microwaved it during the
0: commercial break. There was this very funny internet video with this weird guy on a college cable station. That was uh, he did recipes with a microwave. Wow. So he showed you how to make some there killer, some killer nachos. Oh. So I decided, oh, no, oh, so uh, they, they were really not the sick. nachos.
1: Yeah. Oh, for crying out loud, man. <laughs> so you were <laughs> violently ill. I remember this now. And I yeah. sent you a picture of of Mike, and you were like. No, Uh, he was so heartbroken because you were just in town for like a day. Yeah, it was it was a real but. but that
4: that kind of uh, episode could help you get down a Soyuz weight.
1: that's the only (laughs) silver lining on (laughs) the microwave beef diet.
4: I'm down thirty since July. I can do it. You're
1: doing. You look good, man. Six more
0: months. You go look good, on We're gonna do it. You right. look good. We're gonna get on. Soyuz. But, Soyuz. but anyway,
1: that pr- that proves that Matt, that Matt, Matt wow, is a, an enormous fan of yours, and, wow. and he was heartbroken so, that he I'm couldn't so flattered. come to, that, come to Boy, that
4: party. I got to meet Winnie Cooper at that.
1: Yeah, Danica was. <laughs>
4: I was I was I was That's afraid right come away with I was afraid Danica. my life was over at that point because know, I was like there's really nothing else to live for. What
1: was so much, And she was
4: so sweet. What a great what a great best. person.
1: And what's ama- what was am- amazing about that party, and I'm sorry to get name droppy, but it's it's relevant to the conversation is that was watching all these people F- f- nerd out and fan out on other people. Like, so you said you met when you met Winnie Cooper. Danica freaked out about meeting Bill Nye. Really? Yeah. Bill Nye freaked out he- about meeting. I think Nathan Fillion. Like, it was just like the chain of each person and watching him go. Oh my God! You're right. so and so, and that person walking over to someone else and going, "Oh my God!" You're so-. like it was yeah. such a it was such well, a fun.
0: This November, I will not be microwaving anything
1: before your birthday. <laughs> well, we don't know if Mike's going to be back in town in November. You'll for... probably be like, "Oh, it... you missed it." Mike Collins came out of
0: retirement to come to my party. <laughs> he came out of. Why does he have to John be out um. of retirement to go to a party?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's a long way. He lives in Florida, uh, and Cape Cod. So gets, uh, getting uh, on a plane at time. this uh, point okay, is like uh, is uh, coming uh, out of retirement. You you pop back to forth Los Angeles a lot, right? I do. From yeah, as I like
0: coming here it's, you know usually why? it's usually for fun and games you are on this podcast because I saw you on Twitter saying you were doing Press for Gravity and really I, I tagged I'm, I'm, I'm happy a about and I a lot
4: said, of times people you know they give me I get grief when I Twitter I'm like, why do not you come visit why didn't you call so I'm glad I'm glad it, it worked out but no it's it's fun coming out here and it's it's there's a lot of media attention here promoting the movie uh,
1: Gravity I don't know if we're really promoting it but we're trying to represent NASA and spread sure. the word and this is a great place to do it. So, is it? So, do you feel like it's? Uh, is NASA kind of going through a phase where they're like, well, you know, we're we've taken some hits in the press because of funding for the space program, so we kind of need to keep our, you know, get our name out there and show that we're still active and show that we're still pr- doing. Well, I, doing I stuff. think
4: I think they want to show people that yeah, they're they're still alive. You know, we don't have the uh, the shuttle program any longer, and then NASA was identified with that. But you know, mentioned Bobik. You know, we've got the the Mars rover going strong, yeah. And we've got people going to the space station. You know, my, uh, we just got Chris Cassidy back, mm-hmm. and we've got uh, Mike Hopkins is going to be going. Uh, we launched from from Russia, yeah, from Kazakhstan. Uh, so it's a it's a different experience. But you know, they're still going up. To, it's a different way to get there but the end result is uh, is pretty much the same you're in space for 6 months on the space station. Wow. So we're trying to get the word out that you know we're still we're, we're still sending people to space, we're designing new spaceships, we're working with some of these commercial companies. You know, we want people to know that we're we're still doing stuff and uh, people that are interested, you know, I, hey, I had the dream of being an astronaut when I was a little kid. You can still have that dream. Even you, Matt. Oh my god. You, you know? can do it, buddy. It's not too late. Oh.
1: So. Are you uh? What so? What are the what are the effects after you've been in? Have you been in the space station for six months? What are the effects to the body, like in terms of, or either you know bone density loss yeah. or 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 I mean just the effect of not having any kind of grounding? Yeah, it's like
4: being. It's so I've never done that experience. I've I've been on shuttle missions, two weeks to the to the Hubble has been my my space flight career so far. But my, you know, a lot of my friends have gone and done uh, done station on shuttle, and also the the long duration six month stay that you're talking about. There, you've you've hit it right on the head, though. You're worried about muscle loss, you're worried about bone density loss, so they exercise every day, six days a week. It's a two hour period. That Me includes too. Your... I'm not even
1: inspired. Oh, I watched. See I watched. watched the, I watched the Hadfield videos. I watched all the. Uh... Did he show you all that? Did well, he they show like, you like it wasn't Hadfield Well, it was who took over for Hadfield? What was her? Name? Oh, Karen Nyberg. Yes, she yeah. she did a tour. Some someone mm-hmm. did a tour and it was like, yeah. and it was it was hilarious because she was explaining like the how the bathrooms work, yeah, yeah, just, but in a very real way, like, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's tough and it's messy and it's it's a it it's, could be me- got to <laughs> be careful. That's why you want to be careful in your yeah, yeah, and then and then seeing the you know the treadmill, yeah. and you know, and uh, and and just a, a lot of the ways, a lot of things yeah. that we take for granted, just that you have to be very cognizant of when you're when yeah. you're up there because anything could become a projectile
4: right now there's things that could be floating around and if you use your imagination not too much <laughs> you can say well that's something i really don't want to be floating around you talked about getting sick with the with the uh, microwave beef yeah, sure. can you imagine how you could get sick from the other end of the microwave beef uh, so you want to be really <laughs> careful rough. you want to be really careful with that sort of thing so yeah the you know the the hygiene is really important and keeping a clean ship is really important and exercise is very important to keep you healthy and that's the best way to counteract it is to, to exercise and we have even though you can't lift weights in space we have a resistive exercise device that allows it works on a series it's a bow of bow flex more or less almost <laughs> kind of but it's a really fancy one and we have a treadmill and a bike to ride and, and all that stuff is important to do
1: so many great things were designed by NASA like we do, like just seeing all those old, all the old advertisements yes. you know like like, a, Tempur-pedic. like Tempur-Pedic, or Space yeah. Pens, or whatever, designed by NASA. Yeah, for, you know that that's really where where the cutting edge of technology. There you go, was. Velcro. <laughs>
0: Velcro. Yeah. Velcro is yeah. great. Without Velcro, how would old people have shoes?
1: They... <laughs>
3: hey, I'm, I'm getting close, man. Don't it's so Don't diss the Velcro, buddy. A lot, you can do a lot with Velcro. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's great. Velcro is great. And it okay. and it
1: really you know. NASA, I think, to a whole generation of us, really does represent, you know, um, like hope and sort of cutting-edge technology, and and you know, onward that yeah. kind of feeling. And so, do you feel like uh, do you feel like NASA is still does it does it still mean that to this young generation, or is it is is the onus on you guys to really figure out a way to reach young people and get the message out?
4: Well, I you know I think. A couple things. One is I think what you guys are doing and being kind of a science-oriented uh, uh, program personality, I think that you get a lot of that message out to the younger people. But I, I, I tell you what, you know, I, I the last couple of years I've had some interesting experience. I've been uh, on uh, assignment more or less, uh, still with NASA, but I was at Rice University for a mm-hmm. few months. Yeah. And now I'm up in New York City at Columbia University oh, for wow. a little while. And uh, like a visiting faculty member, still a NASA person, but up there working for for a temporary assignment. And these students, these are smart kids, young kids, they are just as excited about space flight as I was back in the day. And I was kind of shocked because I had the same assumption. You know, hey, no one's walking on the moon. We don't have a space shuttle. These kids are going to forget about what's going on. But there is just as much, I think, just as much excitement with these young people today. I think it's the way we can share information. You know, they may not see people walking on the moon, but they see a lot on the Internet. They hear your program. They hear a lot of science, math, space flight danica's books right yes, Cooper's yes. Books. you know all that stuff it's, it's become kind of cool the big bang theory no, I got I got a chance to be on that show, yeah. launching into space. So I've never been on the space station, but in The Big Bang Theory, I was. You're on the space so I'm gonna station. Count well, that as a if fly. I
0: had to pick one,
4: <laughs> you would pick The
0: Big Bang Theory. Oh God, no. Right, he okay. would
4: pick. He would pick the space station. The space station. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think there's a lot of excitement with uh, the young space station is probably funnier too. You
1: know what anyway. I don't? Anyway. <laughs> you know what I don't? Um, what I didn't know, and I feel like an idiot for not knowing this, but I feel like a lot of people didn't know this. I feel like the reaction was kind of surprised. It was that when, um, the you know when the rover went uh, land land. On Mars, mm-hmm. um, someone pointed out on Reddit, like, "Oh, you know, there was a there was a device on Venus in the seventies, and I had really? no idea. There was a device like that. They basically, I think it may be the Russians. Someone landed a device on Venus okay. in the seventies, and it took these very sort of grainy, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We yeah. certainly have photos, yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I i had no, I had no yeah. idea. I had no idea.
4: Yeah, we don't. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how the rover captured everyone's attention." You know, I think Bobek with his mohawk had something. The to do mohawk with it. had. A, the, I think that we could we could blame him for it or give him the credit maybe. <laughs> but it's uh, but I, it's interesting because yeah, we have landed space. There's been other rovers on Mars. Yeah, there's been you know, exploration of the moon, the solar system, Voyagers way way out there. Voyager
1: just broke. The, just went out yeah, there. Just got out of the solar system. Yeah, so
4: all that's happened, right? So I, don't, I mean, I almost ask you guys. I mean, why why is that happening? I I think it's because of all the, you know, maybe the social media or the you know the news gets out or what we're able to share. I I, I don't know because that. It really captured people's imagine. The, the, the Bobbik's like a rock star, and uh, yeah, I think a the lot whole of Mars it team got a, got a lot of press, a lot of excitement. Well, lot how of... fast information was traveling. Not only
1: how fast, but also the. Um the fidelity like the like the the, the quality of the information yeah, we're seeing like the, yeah. the, the pictures right. the definitely like the this is good the, the uh, fact that it was live streamed on xbox i mean i watched yeah, it i watched it, you know it on xbox i watched it on mean? xbox you know, I I xbox. We were... you know and, and with voyager i know Voyager's is not sending images back anymore but it's but there's you know it's sending back you know i guess atmosphere yeah not yeah, atmospheric yes. but it's sending back da- data of, right. of you know
0: oh we'll find out when it gets taken over and turns into its own intelligent feature and then uh, and then transforms. Yeah, and then uh, takes that blonde that bald girl off the bridge of the Enterprise. Is there
1: any? way – Is it? Are, I you know, where is it? Just sort of in a dead zone in between solar systems at the moment, or what? What is in the dead space between? You know,
4: I I, I, I it's, it's still pretty close to our solar system, right? So I still think the sun is going to be its most. Um, you know, the, the biggest object out there that's going to influence what it's doing with itself. Uh, if it kept going, eventually it might be captured by the gravity of something else. And I, it's a good question because I don't know what else could capture it out there and how long it would take for it to get to a spot where, you know, something else is going to t- start tugging on it. But basically it's this, this ballet going on out there with, with solar systems and galaxies that make up the universe and if gravity is pulling on, on it's is like this balance and gravity's wow. pulling in his energy you know this concept of dark energy pushing yeah. on things so all that is going on so i you know i, I my i guess my assumption would be that voyager is still within the grasp of the sun as it's the largest object that is uh, that is going to hold it in place until it gets far enough away that something else is going to be tugging on it and i don't know what that something and that is and essentially
1: it's just it's it's running on something ab- about the As powerful as a car battery, right? I mean, it's it's, it's probably about right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. For the last thirty-five years, it's
4: amazing. You know, once and it shows. Once you get some speed, you know, as long as you can keep going, uh, and you get out there, you can you can go a long way. But it may take you a long time. Yeah, there's there's
1: there's no atmosphere to really degrade. No, there's there's no no, drag. There's no drag. There's no yeah. There's no friction. There's no anything to really. It's just none's gonna it's stop in a vacuum. that thing. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just...
4: gonna keep even if it even if it dies, so that its batteries run out. That thing's gonna keep going until something else captures it.
1: Wow, someone's yeah.
0: gonna find it. It
4: may be a dead spacecraft at some point if it runs out of out of juice, but it's gonna nothing. It, that oh, the I, powers for a second the though,
1: I thought you were saying like maybe it'll run into another dead spacecraft. Oh, like, I oh don't
4: know, kaboom! Oh. No, I think it's gonna who knows, but it'll <sighs> I keep it going. Does.
1: I, I I almost get anxious thinking about. I've I know I've had just sort of weird dreams about just where that thing is and just the isolation of being at the edge of the solar system. Yeah. I, well, and then and I think that's why. I mean, I know to, I know you're you're involved with the, with gravity, the movie gravity, but when I saw the um, I moderated the panel for it at Comic-Con in San Diego and I saw Yeah, they uh, mentioned like, it. I uh, yes, liked what you did. Oh, actually. they were great. They see? were great. And so I saw the extent, you know, like they showed some footage from the movie. Yeah. And it's um, it's it's terrifying, like just the idea. It's so. That's what I was
0: saying. It's edge of your seat bullshit. I can't take that. <laughs>
4: Remember, it's a movie, man. I know. No,
1: Listen. it's real. Yeah. It's real. Um, but uh, when when did you used st- to? You grew up in New York. Yeah. And did you uh, did you immediately know like high school, college? Like you know, I'm gonna. This is where I want to go. Or would you just think, well, I'm gonna be an engineer, but maybe I'll be a pilot or.
4: Well, when I was, I remember I was, I was six years old when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, right? So I can remember that. And that got my attention when I was a little kid. Uh, and I've got a picture of me dressed up in a, Astronaut costume my mother made that summer for me because I wanted guy. to play astronaut. She actually converted like an elephant costume that I wore in the school play. I had no talent. you, know, <laughs> so you, know you wore it. that the first time you went up, right? Uh, well, you know, I would have, but it would, <laughs> I seals outgrew it. strong enough. Yeah, okay. I outgrew it, and it's made out of polyester. Oh. Polyester was the wonder material back then, <laughs> yeah. but our spacesuits are made out of different materials Much now. Much different. That's, to keep that's us safe. good. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but that's what I wanted to do. No, you mentioned high school. I didn't know what, the, I mean, I was a high school student. What did I know? Yeah. I knew I liked math and science better than I liked English. No offense to the English majors, but, you know, I just, that's I, 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 yeah. I was more interested oh, that's in, I was better in math. You like where there are answers? I like the, yeah, exactly. I was yeah. able to do that, you know, the English. like, what do I do? So, uh, so I decided that I was going to, you know, study uh, engineering in, in, in college when I looked at what I was going to. But when I was a junior, when I was a senior in college, I saw the movie The Right Stuff. Yep. That came out, and uh, it's going to be 30 years, I think, that that movie's been released uh, coming up this year. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Really? Yeah. Right. So, I'm com- yeah, I'm coming up on my, yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. And that, that really caught my attention and kind of rekindled the dream. And I worked for a couple of years in New York City. when I, I graduated at Columbia University which is where I went as an undergrad. And when I, uh, when I got out of there, I worked for a couple of years and then I uh, went to grad school at MIT with the idea that, as you said— Maybe becoming an engineer. I think the astronaut thing is ridiculous to try to. You know, if you look at the odds, yep. it's ridiculous. And most recently, we had I think like sixty eight hundred applicants. We chose eight. Wow. Yeah, the most recent class. So it's it's very uh, very difficult to to actually get chosen. And we had better odds. They put thirty five in in my astronaut class. So it was wow. thirty five Americans. So it was a more, greater chance to get selected back then. But but I always knew that the chances were slim and that I had to enjoy what I was doing. So the idea of being an engineer or someone working in the space program, that's what I wanted to do. If I couldn't go, I wanted to help other people go. But I always had, you know, I was still aiming high. I always had the dream of being an astronaut. You know, when I was a little boy, then it kind of left me, and it came back when I was in college at Columbia, and then that's when I started to pursue it.
1: Wow. The astronauts uh, are an interesting group because I always just sort of saw them as like, they're brain jocks. They're like, they're sort of, you know, they're in good shape, and they they seem kind of like, uh, you know, they seem sort of athletic and, you know, military, but also uh-huh. at the same time, like... They're also kind of scientists, too. What was wow. What
4: was I won't your... say anything to that. I don't want to burst the bubble. <laughs> but that's a very nice description. Thank you. We'll go with that. Okay, good. What was, what was your PhD in? Mechanical engineering.
1: See? I, you so just smaller. proved my point. See that? You have a PhD in mechanical engineering. You're like, I went to grad school at MIT. I have a PhD in mechanical engineering. Do you ever uh, introduce
0: yourself to people as doctor-astronaut?
1: No, because then he start asking. <laughs> then he expect stuff. Really? Can
4: you solve this equation? You know, first, if you say doctor, they want a prescription. <laughs> and I say, no, I'm, I'm a PhD. Well, I want an answer to this solution. I'm like, no. I don't know, so leave me alone. I try to keep it quiet.
1: Uh. So, how did that? Uh, you know, like where? Where's the balance between this sort of the the, the physical demands and mm-hmm. then uh, and then obviously the 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 mental demands of the job too? Like, how do you find the balance between those two when you're in space and you're on a spacewalk and you have to rip a panel off to solve a, a, a problem?
4: Chris, they're both they're really both very important. The better shape you can be in, the better chances of success you're going to have. For example, on a spacewalk. We have these uh, like athletic trainers; they call you know. Well, I yeah. called them gym teachers. We have yeah. these gym teachers, <laughs> in our, and one of them was you know was uh, Beth Shepard. Uh, before my first flight, she told me, you know, what you're going to do in a spacewalk is similar to someone who's going to run a marathon or play a, a an over. She said an overtime professional football game or something like that, where you're going to be going long and you've got to be good at the end, just as you are at the beginning. And she said that the she thought that most professional games that were decided in overtime. Once you get past, you know, the regulation and you're in overtime, she said that most of those are based she thought on two things. One was nutrition and the other one was fitness. And that's what's going to win those games at the end. Who has more stamina and who's eating well. So she says you got to eat well and you gotta take care of yourself and you gotta be in good shape. And I remember her saying that and I think that that's pretty pretty because once you get down to the, if you're going overtime on your spacewalks, and we had some long spacewalks on Hubble, you know, you're really starting to reach there. So you wanna be in as best shape you can. And you want to be eating well and, and trying to be healthy. And then the mental part of it is really important. You want, to, you want to be able to think about things that are going to help you. You know, it's not like uh, we're wizards and we can figure out all these different uh, problems. But you want to think, you know, what do I need to to solve this problem? How am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to work with my friends to solve this problem? What information is available to me to help me uh, do my job? So I remember hearing a story about uh, Neil Armstrong that he could tell how fast he was going along the moon by timing the craters below him. Like, he knew how, kind of how fast he was going. He could ju- use that as an extra cue. So, uh, not that I did that. That's pretty cool. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, but I would try to use whatever I could available to me and, and work as a team. And the teamwork thing, I think, is, you know, a lot of people say, well, how the heck did you become an astronaut? You seem like a guy that should be working in a deli, you know? <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know what guy's working in a deli, but, you know, I think that would be a pretty cool career, you know, working in an Italian deli, dishing out the cold yeah, cuts or whatever, you know, working and doing whatever. Yeah, and, uh, but I, I think we got a you know, nice like, prosciutto like, this like, week like if you went back and said yeah you got, right, go ask my friends that went to school like how did you're know, like well we don't know <laughs> hey Dr. Butcher <laughs> but, yeah Dr.
3: Butcher what do you got
4: what's that what's that I'm a doctor well what's that Provolone made out of I don't know <laughs> give me the equation for the Provolone but I think what people don't always appreciate is that uh, the teamwork aspect of it is really important you might be you know not, we're not necessarily looking for the smartest people uh, obviously no but I mean you're looking for people that are bright enough skilled enough to do the job but it's also I think, that that element of being able to work as a team and someone you'd want to hang out with, someone you want to work with, yeah, which uh, doesn't always doesn't always show itself when you when you you know looking for an astronaut.
1: But when you're up there and and you're you're you know you're you're, you're faced with well, like this panel I'm going to have to rip it off and I got to get in there. I mean, is it? Is there any part of you that says, like, I may not be able to do this, or do you, are, you, are you one of those people that just says, no matter what, I'm, just, I'm going to figure this out one way or another? Um,
4: when I, once they told me that solution, Chris, I knew I could do that. <laughs> it was when they were getting the complicated stuff that required a lot of thinking. Yeah. I wasn't so sure how we were going to figure it out. <laughs> but when it came down to, let's see, it was they said it was 60 pounds of force that we're gonna, it was going to take. Some smart guys in the, at the Goddard Space Flight Center, our our team, our engineers were there. It's kind of like the I think it was like the scene out of Apollo thirteen. Yeah, what You, so you they, can't
0: these, run a vacuum cleaner they, on ten
4: amps, John. These, the, these guys had it going into action. They had a they had a, they, exactly. They had a uh, a copy of our instrument. They had all of our tools. It was a Sunday, and they replicated that problem. They came up with the idea to try to rip that that handrail off, and they measured sixty pounds of force. The smart thing they did is they didn't they didn't give the video of that. To Houston because I saw the video after and when they pulled that handrail off it goes flying into the air yeah so they would have been pretty concerned if that thing would you know got me in the head but we were really careful about how we we pulled it off and once I heard it was sixty pounds of force I knew I had that and I was very motivated to get that thing out of the way (laughs) well you were how far into the walk were you that was it was it was a few hours in we had you try to plan for about six and a half hours. And we were going to be right on the mark if everything went well. You can sometimes we extended to about eight, mm. but we were eating up over an hour just working that problem. The other thing I thought of, Chris, when that was going on, in my and and Matt from my training, that people said, what were you thinking of when you ripped that thing off? I lived across the street from my uncle, my uncle Frank, and when I was about ten years old playing stoop ball, he comes over to the house covered in, in oil, right? And he goes, "Where's your father?" And I go, "He's in the house." He goes in my house, all you know, dripping oil, and they come out of the house. My father has about a. a, a a three foot long screwdriver he grew up on a farm and he took the screwdriver with him to the suburbs like a tractor screwdriver and he goes to me come with me you might learn something (laughs) i was 10 years old he takes that screwdriver because he knocks it through my uncle's oil filter and he steps aside my uncle grabs a rag and gets on that on that three foot uh screwdriver and starts yanking and cursing. I can't say what he said. <laughs> but he starts yanking and cursing and breaks that thing for, through. And I swear to you, I was in space and I was getting ready and I grabbed that handle and I go, this one's for you, Uncle Frank. Oh, <laughs> All right? So you never know. So kids, when your dad says, come with me, you might learn something. Don't keep playing stoop ball. <laughs> go across the street and see what's going on. You, might, you never know when it's going to come in handy.
1: Well, um, yeah. When Uncle Frank tells you, like, when Uncle Frank tells you, like, you got to come back to the car and I'll show you something. That's it's it. Like, you, it. It could be something really bad, yeah. but in this case, it was really. You never. You know, know it could have been here's how to dispose of a body. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> how you, here's how you launder money. You know. But whatever. Shh. <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah. Well, you, you know, because you, you, I think I think one of the reasons why you, you feel very familiar to me because my mom's side of the family is Italian, and my oh, grandfather, okay. my grandfather's family, my grandfather was one of twelve Italian. His parents were from Italy. All right. And so they were. You you know they were immigrants, and they yeah. uh, and he was one of twelve, and they grew up in Jersey. And oh, so, there you go. So I have all this whole side yeah. of the family that kind of has that, like oh, and then Uncle Fred. And I actually, <laughs> you know, my I had an I had an Uncle Gene who was a mechanic. Like it yeah. just, you know, it's like that just feels like no, come on. Here's how you get you roll up exactly. your sleeves, you get in there, and this is how you get shit yeah. done. Yeah,
4: my <laughs> Uncle Joe Joe LaPiccolo was he wanted he he thought he could. We had a problem on the space shuttle on my first or my first one we had a cooling problem he's like a fr- refrigeration <laughs> air conditioning guy <laughs> yeah i swear to god he's like i was trying to get a hold of you i could i wish i could have told you i didn't think i knew what the <laughs> problem was right uncle joe but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, everyone. You grow up in a family like that. Everyone's everyone can go, contribute.
1: I also had an uncle Joe. And by the way, that's one thing that Italians do is when they're talking about people, they say their full name. And my uncle Joey Faceni, yeah. like they yeah. always, always yeah.
4: say the full name. You know why? Because you got about fifteen You're of 15 them. Fifteen uncle Joe. Because yeah, first yeah. names are like it's like a, you know it spreads. There's five of them. It spreads like a disease. You name one kid, you know, and they just everyone's in line. Yeah. A like hundred Sal's and each yeah. family's different. <laughs> this is like you know this is everyone here is you know Sal and Anna. This this is Peter and Mary that's that uh, yes. and everyone's name Pete or Petey. No, they varied a little bit don't even get me started so on the anthony's, anthony's. anthony's exactly anthony's, yeah there's 15 ways to say giuseppe <laughs> or joseph or pepino and it's all my grandfather
1: was giuseppe my great grandmother was was maria
4: there you go so you get some, that's what it is that it is just, just so repeats funny. itself because they keep naming the kids the same stuff out of respect <laughs> my grandmother
0: was regina pinocchio
1: oh. <laughs> really <laughs> it's
0: about as italian pinocchio he, or pinocchio Pinacchio.
1: Pinacchio. what
0: was
4: your uh, what was your question you were about to
0: oh i was going to ask did you were both of your flights on Atlantis?
4: No, my you first one was on Columbia. Yeah, yeah, good memory. Yeah, or mm-hmm. done your homework or something. Yeah, Columbia. We were the uh, the flight prior to losing mm. Columbia was uh, was my first flight, yeah. and then Atlantis was my second yeah. one. So.
1: When to, to did I mean obviously the I mean I, I, there are probably no words to describe yeah. the the tragedy you know this yeah. the second shuttle tragedy and then does any part of you say like. We have to go up again as quickly as possible to let everyone know that it's okay. Or, or do, was was it sort of like, oh, were you nervous about it?
4: Well, you know, it's it's interesting, Chris, because you know, if you uh, if if it didn't happen, I don't know how I would have reacted. So I can tell you how how, how it actually yeah. went down. First of all, it was, it was bad. It was like losing your best friends. All yeah. time. it was dev- it was a nightmare. I mean, looking back at that time, I thought I was living. You know, I was like a lot of body, living a, a nightmare.
1: And one of the most, ch- I mean, I, I think one of the most chilling aspects to a shuttle disaster is mm-hmm. that. The entire world is watching it happen at once
4: yeah everyone well, everyone started watching I don't know if everyone you know their entry came in, and uh you know it started going bad, and then everyone yeah everyone noticed what it, it gets a lot of attention. President of the United States was at the Johnson Space Center with us the day after, uh, and there was lots of media press, the whole world mm. uh, you know immediately turned their attention to to what had happened it 's one of those big events that people remember. Where they were, you guys probably remember. Of where were. I was Manhattan, walking right? out
0: of the church after we were
4: burying my grandfather. There you go. And right. someone was like, so "There you
0: go." It was a Columbia Saturday morning. Out. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah.
4: So people, it's one of those types of yeah. You're right. It brings a lot of a lot of attention, which is really weird, you know, because it's like you kind of have this your art lives down there, and then all of a sudden it's like everyone's paying attention, and it's like the world is paying attention. So yeah. that's weird. But as far as like you know the reaction to it, I had flown one time in space. And I came back from that flight saying, I really want to go back again. And if I had an opportunity, I want to go back to Hubble. You know, I felt, you know once was kind of like, oh, I was a rookie. I didn't really, you know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I really want to go back again. I want to enjoy it. There's certain things I want to appreciate. And I only felt like it wasn't enough, you know. I don't know if you ever say it's enough, but I certainly felt like one was not enough. I wanted to go again. And it's not like, It, it, it in a strange way, it didn't add any new information. You know, we knew that this could happen. And we hadn't had an accident for a while. Yeah, and, Challenger, uh, right? Challenger was in 1986. This one happened in 2003. 17 years later, right? This was almost at the day actually was when that second accident, that next accident wow. happened, and and you kind of knew that you know something's out there lurking. We thought on my first flight, we you know not that we we you know, dwelled on it, but when we we got to when we first started talking about our spacewalks, I was a rookie, and the other guys who I spacewalked with, there was four spacewalkers on that flight. We're all veterans; they had a lot of experience. And we we talked about amongst ourselves our first little meeting getting together is that, you know, we lost a crew on, on launch, on ascent. You know, most likely we thought that the next time you're going to lose somebody would be during a spacewalk because so lots of things can go on in a spacewalk. And we're going to make sure that we take care of each other. We don't make any mistakes. We're going to cover each other. We don't want to come home. And that we really made sure that we knew our equipment well, the procedures well. We thought of every emergency we could we want to be prepared. We weren't really thinking. We thought entry was going to be okay. And then we found out in Columbia entry was bad as well i mean we knew it, it could happen but i guess what i'm saying is you always know that danger is out there and the strangest thing was is that it really didn't change my desire to go and after like a couple of months i spoke to my wife about it and i said you know how do you and we knew all those people I mean, we were in their homes that night you know, at the time mm-hmm. of the accident my kids knew their kids our wives were friends you know these were this was like we lost family members right and i remember talking to my wife about this a couple months after and i go how do you feel about me flying again and she's like you've only gone once don't you want to go again and i was like yeah, you know, and and it was that was the thing to do. So it really didn't add. We knew it's there. It's still there. You know, I hate to tell say this, but we're probably going to lose somebody else eventually if we keep going. But you know, you gotta you gotta keep going, right? You can't you can't stop.
1: And what do you think is the ultimate? Like, what is it that keeps pulling us into space?
4: Uh, I I just think it's where we belong. I think it's our destiny. I, I think you know that that's for me. It was a dream to to do it, and uh, you know a dream is worth risk. I think you know you need to be passionate about what you're doing, and if it involves some risk, uh, let's you know let, well, that that's what it is. Let's try to minimize, but well, let's go on. But I just think it's where it's where we're going to be. It's where you know, we're we're adventurous, we're curious. I think it's it's our next step. You know, if you look at our evolution of where we're headed. It's the next thing out there is, is you know, what's going on in, uh, out in our universe. Do you, you think, think it's
1: we're, colonizing, like, ultimately? Co- like in, I you do. Know, I believe thousands of years colonizing I think, and leapfrogging I think across? It's,
4: I think it's just leaving the planet and finding out what else is out there. We can send spacecraft beyond our solar system now, right? You know, we've got Voyager out there. But I think we're also going to want to send people. We're going to want to experience it. I think we can we can try to justify that and say, well, you know, luckily we had me to rip off that handrail, right? Yeah. A robot couldn't have done that. If you had no, you know, that, you know, it wouldn't have been. You couldn't improvise. So there are some practical reasons to have people there. But I think it's also about experiencing it firsthand and having people on the scene and and trying to trying to live off the planet. And I think it's it's ultimately about about leaving the planet, and I think we have options, and I think we're gonna. Pick one and do it. Either it's going to be the moon or Mars or somewhere else. I, you know, the moon, moon is the easiest one, or
1: like or like like a like a like Europa or something. Or yeah, that's
4: pretty far away. Yeah, see, the, the issue we have now is getting places. But yeah,
1: but I but mean, even, in th- when you look at the technology well, of thousand, you know, Europa, they,
4: yeah, in the future, yes, if you turn many years, Chris, yeah, it's in like our leap, lifetime, leapfrogging yeah. across. Yeah, I'm am selfish. I want to see it happen in my lifetime, yeah. which is starting. You know, it's starting to run out here. Again. They want to drop this probe
0: on Europa that will drill through the ice and then go underwater and look for life. Which is pretty cool.
1: Oh, that's incredible. I hope we so. get. To, I hope we get to see that. Is it? Is it? A, is it sort of an explorer's gene that you have, or it's? Is it space specific? In other words, if someone said, "Well, you can't go to space, but you can," you know, "We'll we'll let you explore," you know, "What's on the ocean floor?" Yeah. which a, a lot of things we don't know are down right. there. Does is that? Is that fascinate you at all, or is it really just being not, above?
4: Not, not, honestly, not for me. I think it's really cool stuff. You know, going underwater. For me, I, I think the the things that really motivated me were. You know, I wanted to experience what it was like to, to be a part of the space program to, and to get a chance firsthand to see what it's like to get that experience and to contribute in that way. And the other thing that uh, that I wanted to do was to be an astronaut, to be part of that organization. When I, when I first got out of grad school, I took a job at the Johnson Space Center working for a contractor down there, and uh, I got a chance to work with some of the astronauts, and this was the group I wanted to be a part of. Uh, a team that works together really well as a as a, you know, a close-knit camaraderie with a goal in mind, just being a part of the office, mm-hmm. going to work. Because, you know, you spend a very little time. I've been an astronaut for 17 years. I spent about a month in space, okay? <laughs> I've spent about a good deal of that training on my flights and a lot of generic training, but that's been done basically on the ground. I'm not counting airplanes flying around. That's still on the ground. They're in spacesuits. You're still on the ground. So most of your time is on the planet. And uh, and so a lot of your job is supporting your friends and that camaraderie and those friendships and being part of that organization, yeah. being on the front line of getting your friends ready. You know, I've been in the control room as a Capcom, helping out with planning spacewalks, uh, assisting crews, uh, letting them helping them to get ready. You know, I wanted to be a part of that thing. I didn't just want to go once and that was the end of it. To me, I wanted the whole package. I wanted to be part of that
1: organization.
4: Wow. So that was my motivation. And I don't think I mean and the undersea stuff is really cool.
1: But you know, I'm I'm a space guy. Did it change you in any way, in any noticeable way? Did it change you? Like when you got back, did you have a different perspective on things, or did you? I don't know. Did did you notice anything about your personality that it that it's slightly altered?
4: Uh, <laughs> I think um, uh, you know, you notice some things. Like you come back and you're like the first thing you get to the driveway and I looked up on the roof and I was like when did those shingles come loose you know? so I was like what happened it was like it's like an awakening again like man I'd rather be back in space it's uh, but I think Not dealing far, with earth stuff you no know, I think as far as as far as the change um I, I would say for me in um it it changed the way I look at the earth in in some way the way I perceive the earth and it happened to me on my, on my first spacewalk, uh, the other rookie on a flight was my, my buddy Dwayne Carey, an Air Force pilot. And he wasn't going to get the spacewalk. And we were classmates. We were in the same astronaut group when we were selected. So we were classmates. Still one of my best friends. And uh, we, his nickname was Digger. And he said, "Mass, when you go out there, I'm not going to get a chance to go out there. He goes, I want you, as soon as you come in, I want you to tell me exactly what it's like out there spacewalking. And I don't want any BS. I want you to tell me exactly. I don't want to hear any It's like stuff for the reporters. I want to know exactly what it's like. So I go out and do my spacewalk, and I come in. Sure enough, he comes in the airlock, and he's right in my mug. He's waiting for the signal to, to, to get my helmet off, you know. And uh, now it's time for the helmet, and the, you know, the, the, lack, the, the lock comes out. The helmet's off my head, and he's right in my, right in my face floating in front of me. He, goes, what was, he didn't want to take any chances. I, I need to go to the bathroom, nothing. I couldn't do anything. No sandwich. You know, he wanted to know, and he's like, mass, what was it like? And I looked at him and said, Digger, the Earth is a planet, right? And he looks at me, and he goes, he looked at me with it like, what were you smoking in that spacesuit? Right. What the heck can I answer that? And I said, Man, it's a planet. It's not what we we thought it was. It's like I had this my relationship with the earth has been, you know, like driving around in a car, maybe going on an airplane ride, is like the safe cocoon that we're in. We might go to a ball game. I come here get to talk to you guys. We think like we're kind of safe and we're at home. It ain't that at all. And what struck me on that first spacewalk, thinking about how I was going to describe it to my buddy, is I could see the earth off to the right side when I really looked at it right at, on this one particular pass. But I could look in the right time of the orbit I could see the moon or I could see the stars and the sun is out there and I could turn back and I could see our little old Earth. Not but it's big still my you know we're still close to so it. I could see Earth. Little in comparison to everything else out there. And I realized, man, it is a planet. It's not <laughs> this safe haven. It's out there with all this chaos, man. There's all this crap out here. You know, the these one of those things. We're just one of those things, yeah, man. Yeah. We're we're space travelers. We're not in this safe <laughs> cocoon. We're on the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, but we are all space travelers. And, I, and that's the way I vision the Earth now in some ways. It's not this, you know, safe place that we take our kids to soccer practice. It is that like, for us but we really are on a spaceship earth and that's kind of the way i look at it
1: that's a fact. you know and and hearing it's so funny about perspective because you've you experienced that literally so for you to say like oh man the earth is a planet man holy crap but then you know you imagine yeah. someone just like went to a fish concert and they're like bro the earth is a planet exactly. you're like, yeah, yeah, shut yeah. up <laughs> but when you say it, it's like oh my god it makes so much sense yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes so much sense
4: and we know it's a planet we learned it in school you know and uh, but you know or to I'll see just it travel it really it's
1: intellectual me. knowledge it's not right. ex- it's not like experiential knowledge exactly like those is different to to know like oh yeah 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 it's but i mean like you don't know you can't describe like if someone had never if someone's never had tuna fish before and you can be yeah. like well
3: it's yeah. like
1: yeah you know it's like but it is it is that's what i was saying earlier about like When you're describing that, you know, you're getting these images that are real images from an experience that you had. And it's, you know, like I'm kind of weirdly jealous because I, you know, most of us we'll just most of it will never have an experience like that. We'll never it's it just that that real and obviously you know some people who are big nature people must understand like oh we're part of a bigger thing but mm-hmm. but to really experience it from that from that vantage point is um well it's if pretty you remarkable it's, it's, Go to it's a, Epcot, it's a privilege. you can ride spaceship. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, Matt. It's exactly the same yeah.
4: thing. Well, you can get you can get to the movies, you know, with uh, you know the the IMAX Hubble movie was a good one in. And, yeah. and now there's Gravity movie. Yeah, with the technology it has, it looks it, it's it's as close as you can get. But yeah, to actually really experience it and see it is a, is quite a. Privilege. That's why I
0: find that so those Apollo astronauts, those guys would just know those stand guys, on the surface yeah, of
4: another celestial body and yeah. look
0: and see the Earth, but to see it this big. Yeah, they could
4: blot it out with you know, yeah. With so the top. station is at two hundred and fifty miles. The Hubble's at three hundred fifty miles. Moon is two hundred and fifty thousand miles away. That's a much different perspective. I,
1: just, I mean, I can't... When you start talking astronomical figures, yeah. it really does sort of... Like, whenever you hear, oh, oh, you know, like, they discovered another planet that's orbiting another star that's very similar, you know, it's very similar to Earth. Uh, although, uh, you know... Millions of Earths could fit inside this <laughs> yeah, one. Like, right, yeah. They start talking yeah, yeah. about, or even just the size
4: of Jupiter. Yeah, like, Jupiter. Uh, this, like how many Earths? There's a bunch of Earths that can fit inside of the spot. Yeah, exactly. Like Thirteen yeah, Earth, the, the, 30 spots, Earths. The in this spot. The spot. Yeah. In this spot, you can fit like I don't know. I Which forget is, what it this is. is basically, like the
1: nostril of Jupiter. Like yeah, yeah. You, can fit, you yeah. Fit you know yeah, a, exactly. a ton of Earths. Right, right. That's right. so like when you start thinking in those yeah, terms, it's just you can't even. Yeah, your brain is just like does not compute. Like I just get the little pinwheel and spinning in front yeah, of my face. Yeah. Like I can't. I yeah, can't we really—it's beyond what we
4: can. We I can can't comprehend. for two hundred
1: fifty thousand miles.
4: It's a long way away from home.
1: That's just to the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: that's yeah, it's just around the corner. That's yeah. in a neighborhood. How far is
0: Mars? Ninety. Wait, it's uh no, the sun is ninety million miles away. Uh, I don't know. It takes nineteen minutes for a signal to get there at light speed. So what is that? <laughs>
1: Somebody Let's figure, figure, that figure out. it out. Figure that out. How far is Mars, Katie?
4: I'm glad we got somebody here.
1: Google Foo. The internet's like, I don't know. It's
4: just it's debatable for so long. Oh. Well, well it, it kind of it depends. It's orbit. I guess yeah. it depends, yeah. on the, depends on the orbit. It depends position, we and the are and all that. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, you, in time-wise, it's about, it, 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 you figure about a six-month journey. Thir- about 33.9 million miles. There you go, 33.9 yeah. million. A third of the way to the sun. I mean, it is, you know. Nice.
1: <laughs> it, it, it does... You know, how could anyone doubt science or math when they figured out how to aim an SUV <laughs> at Mars and just the planning it would take yeah. and the precision to hit the exact spot on a planet right. where they have to calculate for orbits and they have to calculate for the, the you know, the, yep. the arc of the cruise of the device? I mean, like, oh, it, yeah. it just, all of it, how could anyone be like, eh, I don't know about science? <laughs> like, it just, it, if science can do that, yep. just and you're great on like I said before you're great on star talk and I think I think you know science and you know I think NASA is very lucky to have you but science is lucky to have guys like you and Bill Nye and Neil Tyson yeah. who yeah. who can communicate um these concepts in a way that's very uh, intelligent without talking down to people, and very human and compelling, and 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 exciting and fun, and you know, like it's it's a whole different skill set to have than just uh, I am a because there are some yeah. some scientists, a lot of engineers, they don't they don't know how to communicate to non engineers. They're no. like, oh, why don't you just understand that it's this, 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 and this? Yeah. And then you're well, like, it's obvious. Well but yeah. it's not obvious to yeah, everyone. Yeah. Uh so it is I think it is it is an asset. I think I think is pretty smart to have you you know, like making the rounds and talking to people because it's uh it is. You like you just seem like, Oh, I can hang out with this guy. <laughs> we'll go see Uncle Frankie, <laughs> yeah. we'll work on cars. Yeah, there you go. We'll talk about mechanical engineering. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. Do you have a, for... do you have a big family? Uh well I have uh, I have a couple kids I've got a bunch of aunts and uncles a bunch and cousins, of aunts and uncles and yeah, yeah yeah we got we have a pretty big family
1: man the Italians they just did not you well, know, my, they're my,
4: Catholic and you know condoms are evil
1: well it's not it's not just that but but the idea that anyone would say like I could probably have twelve kids like you know no you can't too so many they just don't stop you know like my 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 great grandparents were I mean I think. Well, I mean, my my great grandmother was a teenager when they married. him. I think it was like you yeah. know she was like fifteen, and my uncle, Ooh. my great grandfather was like nineteen or twenty or they, whatever. And they just how they many did they have twelve. There was no wow. there was no adolescence in the you know well, the turn of the twentieth yeah. century. It was there, was just no like, there was no the Netflix. There was no
0: Netflix. they couldn't sit down and watch. They emigrated.
1: Season. They got here, and it's like let's get married, let's get down to business, and they just started. They were married for seventy two years. Whoa,
4: wow, but there's and
1: there's a lot. Yeah, having
4: kids. Uh, you know, is, is, a, is a great thing. But that's a lot of kids. You know, that's <laughs> a, a lot of kids. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did they work on a farm? My, my father came from a big family. They, I think they were looking for farm hands, though. I don't think they worked on a farm. I think yeah. they just lived in a city. Yeah. I can't
0: milk all these
1: cows. Let's yeah, make yeah. a kid. Hey, we need some kids. Let's I get mean, another kid to go clean up the barn. I mean, it's it, very cheap labor pool. Yeah. You know, you have to understand, by the time you're 40, you've been pregnant most of your life. It's, it's yeah, most it. of your life, there's been a baby in you. I want,
4: I want to know firsthand, but I don't think, from what I've observed, that's not easy duty. That is not an no. easy thing to do. No. That's <laughs> well, remarkable,
1: <laughs> well, actually. Well, Way they had to go, facenis they, they took the American pronunciation. They, oh, it yeah. should be Facente. <laughs> but, they, but they're But they the Facenis, you know. It's like they did that. <laughs>
4: they're going to they're gonna screw up your name anyway. So yeah, i sure yeah. you go with nicknames. That's they what went the nice. opposite of Guy Fieri.
1: Yeah, exactly. Whose last name is
0: Ferry. Is it really? F-E-R-R-Y. Are you serious? To make it sound more. You're technical. kidding. Are you
4: serious? No, I'm Not kidding. I'm serious. Yeah. That's not.
1: I know. Okay.
4: That's on American. That's right.
1: That's right, Guy Ferry. American. <laughs> that's bullshit. Matthew Mira.
2: Wow. Uh, it's Mira. You motherfucker. God it is dare Myra.
4: you?
1: So what's next for you, Mike Massimino? What do you What are you off to do? What are you going to do? Well,
4: I, uh, I'm going to head back to uh, to New York after talking to you guys, and uh, I'm uh, I'm on the uh, visiting faculty member at Columbia University mm-hmm. this year. So. Yep. Um, so that's pretty cool. I'm getting a chance to teach a space course, and we're doing some, looking for some cooperative research between Columbia and some of the schools in the New York area and NASA and doing some outreach projects there as well. So, um, so yeah, that's what that's what I'll be doing for Do you take the, the next subway? few months. Right, take anywhere I can get around to New York, man. Talk about navigation. <laughs> it is celestial navigation when you're going around the stars, but holy cow. Based on the time of day and what's going on, is uh, you have to pick the right way to get around
1: there. So. You, uh, yeah, t- subway. Uh, take the F train to the ISS. I just, yeah, I don't know. You I can't just, get, You can't go
4: up. That's <laughs> like elevators only go so high. I just love the getting around idea Manhattan, man. Of an astronaut
0: on a subway. <laughs>
4: That's uh, pretty- the way to travel. Yeah, you know, it's the <laughs> way to go. It, it's a uh, it's a good way to go. But there's other methods too. Yeah. But that's a big a big deal. Just like it's a big deal here in L. A. Getting around. Yeah, sure. It's yeah. So you got to put some thought and effort into it. In Houston, it's pretty easy getting around town. Get in a car and go. Yeah. There
1: There are some subway stops though where you kind of. Where I almost imagine you do need to suit up like you're going out into a hostile environment. I better suit trying, up, put on the put on the suit. Put you're, on you're, you
4: know, you just got to be knowledgeable of where and when you are. Yeah, but, yeah. But New York City, it's, you know, when I was growing up in New York, uh, it's it's a lot different. It's a clean place it's it's much safer than it was when, yeah, no, uh, when, I, when I was I'm, a kid it's really turned i think i don't, for the better. I, don't it's a wonderful I don't have place. any
1: reservations about walking yeah. around new york oh, no. at like two o'clock in the morning there's just it's yeah, just, it's it's
4: just, just people look out for each other too los I angeles like. though no i don't know i'm not i'm not an la guy really you, you know, don't walk around here you just don't walk around later i at always night here.
0: usually will walk at least from the natural history museum down to like soho
4: whenever i'm there i do that whole i just walk Fucking nice yeah that's great it. you can bike around i've been riding my bike around town too it's you bike, bike around manhattan well not on the streets i'm not that oh, crazy. Okay, okay okay i go fly in space but i'm not riding my bike <laughs> down fifth avenue <laughs> I... no i no because they might hit, There may even be a bike path there, but really, what that symbol of a bike guy is a passing lane for the taxi. Yes, yes. that really does not mean bike lane. That means passing lane for taxi. By the way, and it
1: doesn't matter if you're in that lane or not. It's still gonna b- going to be a passing there. lane for the. But they the have taxis. some
4: really nice bike bike trails around there in the parks that are really extraordinary. The, the, it's a it's a really a wonderful place. I'm very it lucky to be there for a little while. So
1: you're on. Uh, where, where can people reach out to you online?
4: Okay, so the Twitter thing is probably good, right? Yep. I'm, I'm uh, Astro underscore Mike. Okay. And that's uh, that, that's my my Twitter handle, and uh, that's where you can find me. Great, that's, that's where I found right. him. That's, that's you where said, you found well, him. Yeah. I was, was the fire. first dude to tweet from space. What? Yeah, I was the first guy to tweet from space.
1: Take that, Hatfield. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <Hadfield>. <laughs> yeah, he's the first guy to have a, a, a full orchestra in
1: space. First guy to make a music video in space. Yes, <laughs> I think I. Who knows? People might have made him, but not at that level.
4: Yeah. When he came back, I saw him like two days after he came back. I said, "Hey, man, you, how did you?" He had a lot of help. Yeah. So he had like some. He's from Canada. He had some like Canadian orchestra or something involved, and editors on the ground, and it was a big operation. But he had a lot of help. But he it was <laughs> a lot incredible. Of <laughs> my my son my my son picked it up uh, right away. He like he said, "Hey, Dad, you got to see this. This is really cool." So my for my son to say something was cool that had to do with space, I knew it had to be something really
1: cool. <laughs> what was your was what was your old. what was your tweet from space? What was your first my tweet? first okay?
4: My first tweet from space was uh, uh, launch was awesome. I'm feeling great. The adventure of a lifetime has begun. Something like that. But the best part about that is that they made fun of it on Saturday Night Live. So my kids really could, didn't. My son was upset about the launch because it was conflicting with the eighth grade dance at the time. Oh, that's <laughs> All right. So it was like, oh, I got to go. Got to go. So it's like, go to your dance. Don't worry about the launch. So he went to the eighth grade dance. And then we, we shoveled them like immediately. as soon as we get him to the, to the launch so he could see the launch. But he was more concerned about the eighth grade dance. He had his priorities right. These kids really just like uh, they, When they were real little, they wanted a puppy, and they had to wait till after the launch. So they were looking forward to the launch so they could get a puppy. <laughs> they Have to bribe these kids. So they were like, oh, they, you know, Dad's flying in space. Blah 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 blah. But we're Who gonna cares? get a dog, right? Who cares? Right? Said, Who cares? <laughs> so they the thing that got him excited during my flight was not the first tweet, but that they made fun of it on Saturday Night Live. And even though they mispronounced my name, they called me Mike Massimo, and They said I was at the International Space Station. Who cares? I was only, I was you know at Hubble, yeah. but. But they and they said you know they said something like uh you know the, the first tweet from space launch was awesome, you know, and they made fun of it, and said something like, you know if this guy ever if we ever find life on other planets and we send this guy, this is what we'll have, and they typed out, uh Geez, dudes, look aliens <laughs> but just the, even though they mispronounced my name and they made
1: the kids went nuts 'cause they were you know it was referred to on sun it's good it's very human i listen, yeah. I'm just glad. I'm just. I think it would have been funny if your first tweet was still like a picture of food, where you're like yeah. ham and eggs, and there's a picture of tube tubes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
4: I wasn't that creative. I just you know got on the computer and and, and awesome. came up with that. That's well, all I
1: could do. A- Astro underscore Mike. People should tweet out to you, uh, Mike Massimino. Such a nice guy. Oh, man. Yeah, people are going to want to hang out with you. You can also watch, I think, on Netflix right now. I think the
0: Fixing the Hubble is on the National Geographic special. I think is still oh, on okay, Netflix Okay, cool. Right yeah, yeah. And uh, Nova Science Now, when they talk about going to Mars, he checks out new future spacesuits, which don't look that great. But anyway, they? you did a oh, good job. You did thank, a good report. I
1: appreciate it. Yeah. Why, don't they, why don't the spacesuits look the a little too weird looking? Oh, you're worried about the
0: aesthetic. I'm worried about the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Not
3: the technology yeah. no, of whether or the not the they would, people. The
1: technology is viable. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it'll make you much more flexible and able to do more stuff in space. But they look weird.
1: <laughs> okay, you, you're just you're being a traditionalist now. You think all spacesuits no. should look like? I mean,
0: either you wear a button-up red tunic, <laughs> or a oh, real spacesuit. You
1: know what I realize we have here that we we I, I, someone sent this to us. I wish I knew. Let's see if it says. Oh, let's see if I let's see if I know who made these. Um, oh, okay. Uh, visiting a friend in LA a- at page. At Pages BS P A G E S BS right. made a series of astronaut patches. Yeah, you for our you podcast. Completed. Oh you wow! You've, you've completed that's awesome. You've man. completed uh, Nerdist training, and so uh, here's, I get a patch. Here is your patch. Oh, cool! Uh, here's yeah, it's a your mission patch. it's
4: awesome. It's got the Velcro on it. I can put it on my real space I
1: here. think I think Pages BS is going to flip flip out that uh, that an astronaut actually has one of these. I'm kind uh, of this is cool.
4: Too. You know, because I, when I did the thing on the Big Bang Theory, uh, it was like a, it was a, it was a TV show. It wasn't a real space launch, but yeah. I said there's three things you need for a, a, a real space mission. One is a patch, so we need to get. and They got a patch together for us. Mm-hmm. They designed the patch with our names on it. So I said, I "Need a patch." Second thing we need is a crew photo, so we took an official crew photo with the American flag. We had the Russian flag in the background. I think it's in Wallowitz's uh, hallway or something. You can see it if you watch the show. <laughs> And the third thing is a space mission. Now we didn't get a real space mission. We've got two out of three. You got two yeah, out of. Three. So you guys are on your way. Yep, we got one. <laughs> we got a patch. We got to come up with a mission. You need a crew, photo, and and a crew and photo. if you can get a mission, great.
1: But if not, you'll get two out of three. Well, we'll take a crew photo at the end. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, man. Uh, uh, enjoy your burrito, everyone. That's how we end the podcast. We say, "Enjoy your burrito." Enjoy it. In space. Enjoy your burrito. I think you should say it. Actually, you have a much you want better. Me say? Yeah. What is it? It's an... In- Enjoy your burrito. Enjoy your burrito.
3: Yeah. It's nice. Nice. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs>